Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Listen, there's a still small voice that pulls you to hope and there's a voice that sometimes is really, really loud and it pulls you to defeat and despair. That's how the enemy works. And Jesus goes and he confronts those things and then he brings healing. Today, Pastor Randy continues his series, Changed by Jesus. We're in the book of Luke, chapter five. Here's Pastor Randy. Couple of quick, quick announcements and then we, you can go ahead and open your Bibles to Luke chapter five as we're gonna get started this morning. Uh, it's, it's all there uh, in your grace notes. Uh, worship night, February 6th. We have a guest coming in. We will not be broadcasting the service live that day. We have someone coming in. Um, I can't say much more than that other than he is a hero. Uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of churches and places where you can't do this. And we will not be broadcasting the service for his safety um, and the safety of those that he leads. But it, I do not miss February 6th. I was, I was over here last night late and working through the sermon again and um, and uh, it's kind of what I do on Saturday nights. And um, he, he voice messaged me, said, I'm praying for you. I said, I'm, t I'm getting ready to talk about you tomorrow morning. So, um, so just don't miss it. Uh, Discover New Hopes, February 20th. We, we've not done a great job of kind of making it easy to get to be a part of us. I, I and we're gonna make that easier. So February um, 20th, it's gonna be, a, we got a brunch over at the farmhouse at nine o'clock if you wanna become a member of the church, you wanna get more involved, you're just still trying to check it out, you wanna know a little bit more, come on over there, Anita and Patrick will be there, I'm gonna drop by, and then if, you've, if you um, are not connected in a small group but you'd like to, or you just like to talk about some kind of deeper stuff, we're gonna start basically Lug for Adults once a month, and it's gonna be called, I thought I'd get a, a yay for that. Um, so uh, it's gonna be called Table Talk. Uh, we even have our own magazine, Table Talk Magazine. We're gonna be doing some of the topics that, that they do in Table Talk Magazine. This is not um, a takeoff of Jada Pinkett Smith's thing. If you don't know what that is, don't Google it. Um, but uh, but uh, we're gonna be doing that. So, uh, and then last but not least, the kids are doing an at-home movie night and they've got, some, they've got popcorn, and your kids are all gonna be getting this stuff. This is just a chance for you to engage them spiritually using just common life. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Which brings me to this. Like, I, I have gone to church since I was, like, before I even knew I was at church. And, and I have always heard this phrase, go deeper. Anybody else ever hear that? Go deeper. And I've always been like, what does that mean? I don't know if anybody else has wondered that, but like, what does that mean to go deeper? And, and I've always kind of felt guilty because I didn't feel like I'd gotten any deeper. Not quickly. We're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna look at what God's word says. One of those things is kairos. It's about seeing God at work. Seeing God at work in the common everyday life. There's two words for time in the Greek. Chronos, which is like my watch, my kids got me this, it glows. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, um, this is like the old school Timex. Like, the, like you, you, do you know how to use a watch still? You, don't forget how to use a watch, it's an important thing. So, because every once in a while your cell phone doesn't work. And so, so this is Chronos, just time. Kairos means appointed time, God time. It's, it's, a, 
it's, it's a special moment. And we have a wall. We're gonna talk to you about it next week, but I wanted you to know what it was. Out in the lobby, if you saw it, I think we got a picture of it. This is our Kairos wall. So we, we were working on this on, on, uh, on Thursday, Thursday night. We were working on this, and, and Anita and I started doing it, and the Spanish group was doing their rehearsal. And I said, hey, could you guys help me hang these leaves? And you know what they said? They said, immigrants, we get the job done. You have to have seen Hamilton to know. So that's literally what they said to me. So, so they, they did that. Isn't that, doesn't that look amazing? Like there's a pattern there. If I did it, it wouldn't look like that. All right, so here we go. Let's, let's open our Bibles. Luke chapter five, and we're gonna stand and read God's word. Jesus has been teaching the word of God and he comes to the shore and they've been in a boat Verse four, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon said, master, we toiled all night. Jesus, you know a lot about the word, but we know about fishing. Apparently not, they hadn't gotten anything. We took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking and they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Look, look on further, further down. He says, all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. May God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. We've been doing this study in the book of Luke, if you're just joining us today. And as we started out, like I, like I prayed before, it was about that identity that Jesus got from the Father, that your identity isn't based on what the world says about you. It isn't what the mirror says about you. It's not what your report card says about you. It's not what your emotions even say about you. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Do not trust your heart of all things, especially when it comes to dating. <laughs> and this is this is. What, this is what he says. He says that, that that identity is gonna be sealed by the Father. What God says about you, and then Jesus goes into this place of temptation, and the enemy throws his three darts at him, but Jesus answers back, not with miracles, but with the word of God. You're gonna see that woven throughout this gospel of Luke, with the word of God, is how he answers the enemy's accusations. And then, and then Jesus goes and starts doing miracles, and then he goes into a synagogue. And as he's in this, this synagogue in his hometown, he reads this passage that was pre-assigned to him, and it was his mission statement, Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me. That anointing is a promise. It's an anointing to bless and he says there's a proclamation. The proclamation is to the good news, to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is what the church has been about and when the church is doing it right, is supposed to be about that we would look to the most vulnerable, that we would look to the ones who are oppressed, that we would not just proclaim liberty, but we would be actively involved in liberty. This is what the church is about. Can I get an amen, church? In 1856, the Supreme Court said by a vote of seven to two that if you were of African descent, you were not a person. In 1973, by a vote of seven to two, they said if you were not born, you were not a person. 
January 22nd, 1973. We're not here today in condemnation. We are sinners in the need of grace of God. We come here as people who cling to that wonderful, merciful Savior, blessed Redeemer and friend. That's the one that we come to today. We do not come to proclaim judgment. We come to proclaim liberty. That's why we have a foster program. That's why we do the things that we do. But don't be deceived. You were made in the image of God and he knit you together in your mother's womb. You are not a mistake. And if you think you were a mistake, maybe you were not planned. Listen, you were planned by God and you were knit together by him. You are not a mistake. You have a purpose. You have a reason for being here. You have a destiny and that has been designed by him, not even by your own flaws. Amen, church. That is the, that is the hope that we come to. And we come to that promise today. And we come to proclaim, as he did, jubilee, freedom, and forgiveness. We got some things to celebrate today, church. And I want us to celebrate a little bit. You're, you're, a, little, you're a little frozen chosen this morning, nine o'clock. All right? This is not a Presbyterian church. Come on. I went to a Presbyterian seminary. Longest four years of my life. I learned a lot but we ain't there today. Here's the first one. Will Stanley graduated boot camp. Here we got a picture of this, this fine-looking 12-year-old boy. Look at him there. <laughs> I, I talked to him last night. He was on the bus. He had gotten on the bus at two in the morning, and, and he said, I've been on the bus since two in the morning. They gave me three bags of food and said, do not get off the bus until you get to Pensacola. So uh, literally, 40, I said, I said Where's the, what about the bathroom? He said, there's 47 guys in one bathroom about 17 hours on the bus, so pray for Will. Uh, but he did great, and, and we're, we're so excited for Will. We had Summit yesterday, and, uh, and it, was, it was great. And just to be really candid, I know sometimes in the past, New Hope hadn't gotten a lot of press, but I'm just gonna tell you something. Our worship team was there leading. Sarah was leading, Daniel and Rodney, and it was, it was just amazing what was going on with the worship and, and Sheba preached, and oh my goodness, brought the house down. It was amazing. It was amazing. We have to get, get her back up here soon. It was, it was just such a great day. And I was really encouraged with the, the content being about God's word and, and about justification and sanctification and glorification and what God has called us to. We, um, we were talking this week about missions, Lee and Brenda and I with some new friends and and we're, we're gonna try to go to Paraguay this summer too. Haiti, Cambodia, Paraguay, Clarkston, Lawrenceville, your backyards, taking the gospel to where people are. That's what, that's what he did. And Jesus went and he did this, he used that preparation that God had given him in the wilderness and the enemy had come and attacked him but Jesus then starts this ministry. See, Sarah's got me all sniffly this morning. It's not fair. And he has this ministry of miracles. He casts out demons. Now, some people think demonic stuff is like head swiveling three times and the eyes turn green. That's not what I've experienced. What's the main word it used for the devil? Accuser, accuser. Anybody ever feel accused? Do you think we live in a country today in which we're accusing each other? Oh my goodness. Listen, our cars accuse us now, don't they? 
Anita's car, if you start, if you start going off the road, it, the wheel starts shaking, and I know it's trying to help me, but I feel like it's yelling at me. A little beep, beep, beep. And I, I mean, I'm like a tennis player going, I'm not over that line. No, no, I've got another six inches before I get over that line. You know, and you turn it on and the seatbelt thing beeps and all that kind of stuff. Listen, I don't need that in my car because I got Anita. <laughs> Dave Rhodes talked about this in his talk yesterday. I was talking to him last night when I was, when I was up here last night. We were talking about this. And, you know, we'll be driving down the road and, and Anita will go, you see they're stopping up there. And I look at her. She loves it when I look at her when she says that. I said, what, honey? <laughs> honey, they're stopping up there. Yeah, I'm, honey, yeah. And she'll go, stop looking at me and look at the road. I go, honey, my mama taught me when people talk, you look at them. <laughs> and I like looking at you. And the more you talk, the more I wanna look at you. She's like, look at the road. No, seriously, there, there, and I know those are all help things, but, but we live in a day in which there's a lot of accusation. That's how, that's what, that's how the enemy works. I've seen some of the other stuff. I have. I've experienced some of the other stuff. It's real. It's real. But that's not normally the way he works. Normally, it's just that voice. Listen, there's a still small voice that pulls you to hope. And there's a voice that sometimes is really, really loud. And it pulls you to defeat and despair. And he works that way. He works that way. And Jesus goes and he confronts those things. And then he brings healing he touches, he touches people that are broken and he brings healing. And we come to chapter five. And on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, listen, get this, get this. Don't miss it. Underline that phrase, word of God. Jesus has been casting out demons healing people, doing miracle after miracle. Everyone who's coming to him, he's putting hands on, touching lepers and healing them. But why are people coming? What's it say right there in the Bible? What's it say? To hear the word of God. Listen, we are going to be about proclaiming good news to the captives and releasing the captives. We are gonna go to places that nobody else will go. We're gonna go and we're gonna touch people's lives that nobody else will touch because that's what God's people do. Because all of us are made in his image and we see their dignity and we see their value because he's the father of us all. And we're, not, we're gonna love who he loves. But listen, our main job is this. This is what, as a church, we are called to be. We are called, listen, we are not a social service agency. We do the things that God calls us to do, but we are gonna proclaim God's word as a church. Can I get an Amen. Your word, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Our, our scripture that I'd love for you to memorize this week with your kid, all scripture is God breathed. That word God breathed, it's useful. It, 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 it's useful. It, it, it literally, that, that, word, that word God breathed means it's like, it's like God breathed. It's like wind pushing you in the direction that you need to go. When it says God breathed, that's what's happening there. That all scripture is God breathed profitable, useful for teaching, reproof, correction. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, cutting through to the marrow, separating soul and spirit. This is, listen, the, when you get into God's word, it cuts through the lies. It cuts through the lies. It cuts through those things that are, that are false, those false ideas, those false things that we build up, our false sense of pride. Our false sense of arrogance, it cuts through all those things. I love this one, Ephesians 5, 25. 
This is what it says. It says, husbands, love your wives. Listen, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five has three verses to women and nine verses to men. This is the one, I'll talk about it sometime, what submission actually means. It does not mean I tap out, you win. That's not what it means. What it means is I can trust you. That's what submit means. I can put my life in your hands because I can trust you. When you read the rest of the passage of the scripture, we see an English word that has a meaning and we put it into a different context. That's not what it means. What it means is that, is that wives can put their lives in the hands of their husband who trusts them. And then it says that husbands put their, hands in the, in the, put their lives in the hands of their wives because they can trust them. But it says that men have to go first in that and love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I love this, that he might sanctify her, what Sheba talked about yesterday at Summit, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. This is what we do at the end of our day. We come back home and we take the word of God and we say, tell me about your day. And they tell us about the day and we take God's word and we replace lies with truth. We replace, we replace hatred with love. We, we replace falsehood with things that will stand forever. And then wives, you do that for a husband. Listen, if you think, do you think there's any way, any marriage in this room could end in divorce if we started doing that on a daily basis? There's no way. There is no way that could happen. If we start washing each other with the word of God, it was a word-centered ministry. And it says that he saw two boats, remember that. There's no word that's wasted in scripture by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. You gotta prepare for miracles, church. You gotta prepare for miracles. You, this is, you're gonna see, you're gonna see where this comes into place. These, these nets were, were not nylon. You know, like a, you got a nylon rope. You can like throw it wet down the bottom of, of your boat and it'll probably be there in the spring and probably be okay. But, but if it's, if it's made out of, out of a natural fiber, that's not the way, what, what will happen to it? Come on, yeah, it molds, it, it, what else? It rots. And what happens when you put something in something that's been rotted? Does it hold it? No, it breaks through. So you wash the nets, and so they would fish at night. They would go, you, you catch bait fish on the shore. You throw a net and you catch bait fish. Any, any y'all fish? Any y'all fish? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. You catch bait fish on the shore. But where are the big ones? Oh, they're in the deep. You go, you go in the deep, Carrie knows. You go, you go in the deep and you take the bait fish and you go out and you fish and you fish at night because it's hot in the Middle East. And, and, they, and at night, they'll come up some and you can catch them. And then you go back in the morning, you wash your nets and you, and you hang them out and you let the sun dry them out and they don't rot. They don't break down. So, so you gotta prepare for miracles. This has been the, always the way it is. Jesus feeds 5,000 people, 5,000 probably men, probably more like 15,000 people. Five loaves and two fish. Somewhere there was a sweet mama that put five loaves and two fish in a, in a, little, in a little bag. You gotta prepare for miracles. I love this story in 2 Kings. 2 Kings 4, uh, this, there's, a, there's a famine in the land. This woman comes to Elisha and she says, listen, my husband's dead, I'm a widow, and I got no hope at all, and, and I can't do anything, and we're all gonna die, can you do something? He goes, listen, look at, verse, look at chat, it, it, verse three, we're gonna put it on the screen, it says, 
He said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. I love that phrase, not too few. Borrow a lot of them and get ready, church. Borrow a lot of them and get ready. Get ready and then he fills. You've gotta prepare for miracles. Watch, you're gonna see how it works. They start shallow and they push out deep. And when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep and let your nets for a catch. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but it's your word, I will let down the nets. Look, Jesus was not born a prince, he was born a king. You decide in a kingdom, if you're in a kingdom, who do you follow? You know this, come on guys. I know it's cold outside, but it's warm in here. All right, come on. You follow a king, you follow a king. When you follow a king, you do the things that the king calls you to do. Sometimes you don't even understand it. Sometimes it doesn't make sense at first listen. Peter's like, Lord, we, we, know, what, we know how to fish. We know how to fish. And he says, he says no, we're, we're gonna go into the deep. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. That word breaking, interesting what that word breaking means. That word breaking means they were straining and they were starting to break. Doesn't mean they were actually tearing apart. It's like you could hear the fibers start to groan. So what do they do? They signal to their partners what? In the other boat to come and help them. No, no, no words wasted in scripture. How many boats were there before? Two boats. Nothing's wasted. No failure or mistake. No, no, no brokenness, no pain is wasted. He uses all of that. He causes all things to work together for his good and for our good, for those that love him. And they came and they filled both the boats and they began to sink. This is the deep. This is the deep. The deep isn't this mystical place that we never get to as believers. And I'm gonna just say, I've been to conference after conference after conference, and I've heard them say, go into the deep, go into the deep, and I've just never known what that really meant. Let me tell you what the deep is. The deep is your common life, but it's your common life with Jesus. The deep is normal, everyday, common. Where had Peter been every night? In the deep. But now he goes there with Jesus. That is the difference. That's the deep. The deep isn't this mythical dell somewhere that we never get to. Don't feel guilt. This is what he calls us to, to go back into those normal, common, everyday places, into those places where he is. If you've been walking with God for a while, I don't know about you, I, I think about Lamentations. It says, um, they are new every morning, great is thy faith. The, like, like, do you guys ever feel this way? Because I feel this way all the time. Like, like, I open my Bible and I read it and I'm like, Lord, I just didn't know anything until this morning. I mean, does anybody else ever feel that way? I'm like, I'm like, I'm learning so, like, 
every, like every time, like literally Sunday, I get done preaching and I'm like, Lord, I have no idea what I got to say next Sunday. I've said everything I know. I got, I don't know if Noah, and then I open my Bible up Monday morning. I'm like, Lord, could, would they let me talk six hours? You think they let me do six hours? There's one person in the room that says, yeah, keep going. Everybody else is like, we got lunch plans. New every morning, great is that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. This is, this is you don't get it all at once. And, and Peter's been knowing a little bit about Jesus at this point. But look, he gets this new perspective. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on, and at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, who were partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. You go into your circle of influence. Brandon, could you guys bring me that whiteboard up here? Yeah, bring me that whiteboard up here. This, draw a circle on your notes somewhere. I left you a little bit of extra blank. I, I just want you to see, I wanna figure out how deep, Brandon, I'll tell you what, Brandon, you can, you can, yeah, okay, put it up, there you, there you go, look at look these big, strong guys. All right, so we got a circle here. I had Michelle draw this. I can't draw circles, I draw octocircles. So, so the, let's just talk about your circle of influence, all right? Like, I want you to, I want you to think about how many people in a given day you have an impact on, okay? Do, do any of you guys, all right, do, do, uh, there's some students in here, all right, we got a few students in here. All right, students in here, I want you to just write down about how many different kids are you around every day? We got teachers, how many teachers we have in here? Lord, thank you. We got teachers. Write down about how many people you have in a given day. So you got school, okay? How about if you don't, if you're not a teacher, how about work? How many people are you around in a given day? Uh, any of y'all go to the gym, any of y'all work out, you should work out, all right? You look like you've been working out since the beginning of the year. I'm gonna say that. I'm not calling you out individually, but some of y'all look like you've been working out since the beginning of the year. So like, like Stephanie Gilbert's got her fitness loon thing. You can go over and see Stephanie and you can exercise and, and get, get healthier. It makes you feel better. I always say you can take drugs or you can make them. And I don't mean like a meth lab. I mean like, you know, like, like in your, when you exercise, you make, you, I am from Kentucky. Yes, thank you. All right. But I was on the other side of that legally. Okay, that's, that, we were on the other side of that business. So schoolwork, like, like workout, like, your, like people you work out with, got family, any y'all got family? Three people. All right, okay. All right. Got family. Any of y'all got friends? Four people. All right. Got friends. Any of y'all got a mailman, a male, male, male woman? Am I in trouble? Mail carrier? Postal worker. Postal worker. You got a postal worker? Amazon? Do you, do you know your Amazon driver's name? UPS driver? Like delivery people. These are significant people in our lives this week now. What else would we put on here? How about people at church? Oh, there's some people. I forgot that one. All right. How about your neighbors? 
Well, I was hoping they were friends, but we'll put Will Adam. Some of them might not be yet, but we. The you mean the people that call us? The car warranty people. Okay, all right. I'm gonna use initials for them. I'm gonna put a question mark on it. All right, anything else? What? Oh, yeah. Cashiers. I've said this before, but literally, whenever I have a bad cashier, the person behind me goes to my church. Every time, every single time. All right, cashiers. Anything else? Okay, I, just write down the number. Write down the number, total it up. I wanna hear some numbers right now. I wanna hear some numbers. Worship team, you guys get ready. I wanna hear some numbers. Worship team, you guys can actually come on up. I got one more story and then I'm done. I wanna hear some numbers. How many feet? How deep is your water? It's feet. You gotta multiply it by two. Most people got two. Come on. Huh? 75 feet. Doubled? I don't know how you get 75 doubled. 150. 150 feet. That's how deep your water is. Anybody else? 45 feet deep? Is that 90? How deep is your water? How deep's your water, Tim? We're 10 feet deep, baby. We got, we're, ten, we, we're gonna get some bait fish, all right. How deep's your water? Bill, how deep's your water? 200, at least, at least. Is that doubled? That's probably not doubled. I think we're like 400 feet deep. That's how deep your water is. How deep's your water? Here's the difference. When you start living life looking for God's interaction in it. Thursday morning, I, there was just some work that needed to get done here at the church. And I text Daniel and Daniel Frost and, and Josh, and I said, hey, you know, we need the guys to be here. Patrick, thank, uh, lucky for him, is doing his student teaching right now, and he couldn't come. And I said, we just gotta do some work. And we just, we just need to do some work here. Can you guys come? And they all like replied immediately, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. So about 10, 15, we just started moving things and moving the trailer around and stuff. And we were out there, we were moving some of the furniture outside. It was raining, it was cold, it was nasty. We didn't really wanna be there. And all of a sudden, Josh yells, I'm calling 911. And I ran over to see what was going on. And I... Hispanic man was driving his truck down the road and had a heart attack and pulled right into our parking lot. He would have died. There's no real question about it. He would have died right there. And we would have found him out there in that truck because he didn't want to call 911 for all kinds of reasons. So he was just in his truck having a heart attack. Josh saw him, went over, opened the door and the man said in Spanish, help. We went over and we got, we have a wheelchair that was just sitting right here and 
and my Daniel ran and got the wheelchair. So let me just give you this. Let me just help you understand. There's four guys out working. And one of them's a pastor and two of them are EMTs out in the lawn of a church. And a guy pulls in and has a heart attack. And we got him out and, and Josh was talking to him. And, you know, I, I, I was trying to ask his name, but my Spanish is so bad. Whenever I ask somebody their name in Spanish, it sounds like this is Perry Como on llamas. And um, so um, you have to know a little Spanish to understand why that's funny. But, but, I, um, but he said his name was, was Nesty. He said, but I go by Nacho. He said all that in Spanish. I heard Nesty and I heard Nacho. He spoke like no English. But I'm gonna tell you what he did understand. I said, pastor. He said, Jesus. Jesus. He said, Christian. And they came and they got him. And they took him to the hospital. And his wife came back and went through drive through prayer. Do you know we're starting a Spanish service today? Do you think there could be any connection here whatsoever between two EMTs being out in the parking lot? That one that speaks Spanish as his native language. Listen, let me tell you what the deep is. The deep is you doing life with Jesus. Amen, church? So we're gonna do communion right now. We're still doing the safety COVID thing, which means we're still eating these fish food wafers. I've never had fish food wafers, but I think this is probably what it tastes like. This represents his body, his life, his life, his physical life. He said, this, this bread is my body. It's my life. And this juice that tastes like Kool-Aid that's been set up for a while, it's safe, though. It don't taste like wine. I'm not a drinker, but this does not taste like wine. But it represents something incredibly powerful. This represents that here, while we're here, we are in connection with him. And when we live our lives in connection with him, that's the deep. And he shows up and he uses us in ways we never dreamed possible. Jesus, I pray that you would do amazing things. We pray in Jesus' name that we would go to the deep. Amen, church? We pray that we would go to the deep, Lord. Lord, put in our minds right now images of the people we work with, the people we work out with, the people we shop with, the people that come to our home, even if it's only four, Tim. The people that are around us and begin to give us eyes to see why we're there. We're gonna sing a song right now called This Is a Move. One of the main writers of the song was in my D group when he was in 
a freshman in high school. I knew him as this little kid. And I knew that God had his hand on his life. And I always told him that over and over and over again. And here he is now writing songs in Nashville, including this song right now. And I love this song because I love the line, Demetrius, miracles happen when you move. Miracles happen when you move. Prepare for miracles, church. How do you prepare? You live life normal every day, but your eyes are on him. What is the deep? You go into normal life, but your eyes are on him. And when you do that, it changes everything. Amen. Stand up. Let's worship him this morning. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Myrna Brown.